Hi, this is Randy Randall of No Age and host of the podcast Hyphen It with Randy Randall. I want to welcome our newest sponsor of the show, DistroKid. DistroKid helps musicians get their music on all the major streaming platforms and artists keep 100% of their royalties. Hyphenate listeners get 30% off at distrokid.com backslash VIP backslash hyphenate. Again, that's distrokid.com backslash VIP backslash H-Y-P-H-E-N-A-T-E. Go get your music streaming everywhere now. Hello! Welcome to Hyphenate Halftime with me, Randy Randall, and my very good friend and co-host, Mr. Aaron Farley. How you doing, Aaron Farley? I'm good. How are you? Good. You have a lot of um, radio background in your life, don't you? I mean, I have a bit. I, I did like it when you guys <laughs> talked about college radio. Oh, yeah. In there. Did oh you do God, some I college radio? Uh, yeah, a little bit, but not yeah. knowing uh, what. I, it just brought it flooded all these crazy memories of like, wait, how did we not burn that place down? <laughs> like there was no like we all <laughs> That's a lot of technology just, to entrust. To college yeah, and you kids. just you just send like you you just get a time slot, and then they gave you a key for the door, and then you just yeah. go in during your time slot, which I think our time slot was like twelve to two a.m or something midnight to two or something (laughs) and there was no they were there was just like a little folder that said uh try to read these and it was like little local businesses but there was never like a training or anything we're like i don't what is this folder Uh, just (laughs) you just have to read this thing like once an hour you try to read one or something but then uh but I do remember distinctly walking in and looking at that, like the three walls of records and going, oh my God, wait, we can play, we can play any of these. We can find like, <laughs> it was like a, a very eye opening. It's like something that I try to explain to our kids now that like everything didn't exist in your little box that you could just, oh, I want to find out about Metallica oh, look, I found a bunch of rarities, and it just happens at the same time. I'm going to play it right after I play the new, the new uh, like, Dua Lipa song also. Like, all those things exist in the same place. And it was such, it, yeah. the college yeah, yeah. radio thing was so specific, and that's, like, the first time that uh, my buddy Mark had a show, and he, he would play, like, Pavement, and he would play, um, you know, a lot of, old sonic youth and he would play melvin's and he would like all these bands that i was like wait where i don't even know where do you even find these records i've never seen these at tower (laughs) records or hastings our local hastings like i've never even heard of these bands and it definitely was that time amazing where you'd learn a portal of that stuff it's like a portal to the underground yeah it was like a whole it was just like a different world and then, and then when you realize, like, oh wait, everybody can hear this in the whole town. Oh, this is even better. <laughs> it's yeah. out there. But it's amazing. So we, it's... we are here. Oh, sorry. No, no, that's all. I got it. Well, oh, no, I was just gonna say we we are here uh, to talk about the Conan Neutron episode from last week. How familiar with Conan Neutron were you before the um, the episode? Uh, zero. I oh, didn't okay. know him at all. <laughs> which is which would when I saw that I was like, okay, cool. I'm gonna wait. And listen to the podcast, and then, uh, and then listen to his bands. And the first thing I was surprised of is how heavy his bands, his music was, like the music he played. I thought from he's yeah. such like a happy, like kind of funny, goofy guy <laughs> um, that I was I was waiting for something a little bit more like. I don't know what like and plus the name it's kind of a nerdy name like it it seems like like mm-hmm. man or astro man or something like that it would be kind of like a little bit upbeat or something then i listen and i'm like oh this this kind of sounds like melvin's <laughs> or, yeah. well you or, have dale crover from the melvin's playing drums on all those records totally and records totally. with toshi kasai who records all the melvin's records yes totally so it's very and much i did a, so i didn't know all that so it was a, yeah so it was like a really cool surprise and then went back and listened to um 
replicator, which then, mm-hmm. um, which then once I listen to that, I'm like, oh wait, I've heard this band before. I had heard them, maybe even seen them play, possibly um, back in those days, and um, so it was a cool surprise to to um, think you're gonna hear one thing and it's completely the opposite. That was good. It's a good surprise. Yeah. Yeah. It was funny when I, I, I met him through Toshi, um, a, a future episode that'll be coming up. Toshi's a, an incredible producer and he's re- recorded the last, I don't know, 10, 15 years of Melvin's records as well as a bunch of other in- incredible bands. But, uh, after he, after we did the podcast, he asked if I knew Conan, I had only seen his name and, and knew the music, but, um, but I didn't know him personally. So he introduced us. And, uh, and I could see why as soon as I met him, I was like, Oh, right. We're kind of, we're kind of like beige and then like off white or something. It's like two <laughs> colors <laughs> very close to each other. I was like, oh, I yeah, can see how this totally. would make sense. If you meet one totally. person, like, do you know this other person? Like, yeah. Yeah. It seems like you was, guys would uh, be like one degree of separation from probably everybody that you know. <laughs> yeah. Once we started pulling the thread, it was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. But I think oh, he's, he seems person. to be much more outgoing and, and very uh, charismatic. Whereas I, I, I don't, I don't picture myself being very, uh, very um, mellow. But I think next to, next to Conan Neutron, I was like, oh, wow, I got to pick it up. I got to drink some coffee or something. He, really, I know. He definitely, more energy than I do. he definitely had the, um, like, well, it's, it's interesting. I think these first, the first, um, three like everybody kind of has this like extreme hustle mentality that's so fun to listen to of like well then i was in this room with this other guy and we're like maybe we should start a band (laughs) and then five (laughs) years later he's he's playing bass on my thing and then i put out a record with his other band and then our both of our bands are playing together and i'm like oh my god i love that uh (laughs) <laughs> I just love that, like the kind of lust for life. Like I don't know. I mean, what's it. what's the Let's worst that can what, happen? What's worse that can we happen? lose some money. We're yeah. already losing money, so we're good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we just lose a little bit yeah. more money. I love and I love how he explained his band. That was like the um, how did he how did he explain it? It's like the the um, the longest running band that just broke even or something like that he's like we never <laughs> lost money <laughs> we all we do we it's probably great. just broke yeah. even and i'm like yeah that's kind of what everybody wishes Incredible. for i think yeah. can we just make our money at the end back? of the day that's it oh yeah the yeah. kings of breaking even a... that's what he called that's what he called yeah. it the king they were the kings of breaking even that's so such funny. a good, uh, such a good thing. That's and you know, like life out on the road. Like that's really just you know, like you said, the most you can hope for. Like the idea, yeah. of the fantasy of actually making money and being profitable is, is, it's so tough, and especially you know, doing it more. You know, doing it now, I feel like we're you know, just the rising cost of touring is has gotten crazy. Yeah, I mean, it's like just, just the when fact you think you're, that you're ahead of the ga- you're ahead of the game, like prices go up. Yeah, and I mean, really, it's just like gas prices and food prices. It's like gas being four times the amount yeah. that it was like when you were touring a lot around the U.S. It was like, <laughs> oh, that's a huge, I mean, four times the amount for gas is like, that's like your main cost is just gas from one place to the other. And you quadruple that. And it's like, how do you, I don't know how people tour now. It's it's insane. Especially because we were all yeah. paying like, like when I first moved to L.A. and I had a one bedroom and I was freaking out that my rent was three eighty five a month. I was like, "How <laughs> yeah. am I going to pay three hundred and eighty five dollars a month? This is crazy." Every month. Yeah, oh, every yeah. single wait. This is well, every it's single. All, it's month? all sort of. <laughs> <laughs> I can do it like maybe once or twice a year, but I get that every every thirty days I'm supposed to come up with that yeah. amount of money. Oh, I know, but it's all relative to what you get paid. I mean, we say we laugh now, chuckling back, but you know, when you go back then, minimum wage is like you know five dollars an hour. You're like, okay, well, it's, totally. it's hard, you know. Yeah, being able to pay. Yeah. I think I had, I split that, that one bedroom for 500 bucks, you know, so we you know, had to come up with 250 every month. And again, yeah. I was like, you know, working for minimum wage at a movie theater, like selling popcorn. And, and just try to get 40 hours that week while going to, co- while going to college, oh, you know. Like, $200 a week? A, yeah, so you... Right, you try, you try so hard. <laughs> I know. I remember thinking. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I love Conan. Oh, 
Sorry. Oh, I was, I was no, just going to go. say that that <laughs> that in Portland, like every friend that I knew who was in a band could could work twenty hours a week, and that was it. They were like, if I can get twenty hours a week of work, I'm good, and then I can just play just enough, and maybe like do a little bit of under the table work. And they think about that now. I'm like, yeah, twenty hours a week to pay your rent. You'd you'd have to be making like a hundred dollars an hour still to do twenty hours a week, like to work part time and actually still pay rent in L.A. or Portland. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Everywhere's gone up. Old men shake their fist at a cloud. This is be an ongoing <laughs> ongoing <them>? segment. <laughs> of this. Yeah. Remember and back remember and when back shit then was affordable. Whatever happened. <laughs> Well, and even back then, it was like, oh my god, I remember paying fifty dollars a month from all the old guys. Like, I used to. Those Portland, I can't believe you guys are paying two hundred and fifty dollars a month. This is crazy. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, grumpy yeah. old man syndrome. I know. Well, I love. It. Well, I love when you could like look through the couch cushions to get enough money to uh, to buy like some gas. Like, oh, I just need yeah. to like get some like gas in the car just to get just to get me to work. Or something, you know, like I got like 50 cents. Okay, it's a half a gallon. Or I could get uh, something. Like, if you could put five bucks together, you could get half a tank. Oh okay, my God. Well, there. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I, I was just looking through some old photos the other day, and I have um, photos from the first Iraq war protests from 2000, whatever, 2002, 2003. Well, that's and, not that. Um, for, that was the that was the second well, Iraq the, war. The second was Iraq. The, the first protests. I don't know how many protests there were in the nineties. Oh, 90s first protests of yeah, You're first right. protests of the newest, <laughs> the newest ish Iraq war. Anyway, the two thousand two, okay. and there was with this the, guy. With the second George W. The second George Bush yes. Iraq yes, war, the not the first George Bush, Bush Iraq war. Yeah, the second Bush's first Iraq war. <laughs> That one. Okay, got it. Yes, that one. Um, that one. Yeah. But I have photos of of like a a guy holding a sign, um, you know, like a protest sign, which is like "No blood for oil," and it was like, and it oh. said a a dollar per gallon is terrorism. <laughs> it was like one dollar per gallon wow. is terrorism, and I was like, oh my god, I wish it was a dollar a gallon. Little did that guy know. <laughs> 550 is where it's going. Um, yeah. yeah uh, but getting back to Conan Neutron, um, mm-hmm. I was really impressed, you know, with, with his sort of like uh, ingenuity or just sort of ahead of the timeness, you know, jumping on his podcast. He seemed to have a lot of like thoughts about how he kind of ran it. He doesn't do any advertising. He kind of, he, he does them all live now. I was actually just a guest on, on his show, the Protonic or Protonic Reversal. Conan Neutron's Protonic Reversal is his interview show. Yeah. And uh, it's awesome. He's, he's broadcast it live and then I think it gets archived online. Like, so he uh, doesn't do like a live he, show he with an audience. Yeah. He just does a he does it live. Well, he there's puts like it a up. streaming. It's like it's like live streaming. Like if you if you you could tune into the stream, right? And, and then and then it also goes out archived. Yeah. Well, that's like awesome. He's done that, I think for a while. Yeah. Yeah, it seemed like. I mean, again, I love that. I love the idea now that there's so many opportunities for people who are kind of creative, who are making music, but also, I mean, it brings up that that whole, even what you were talking about where, you know, you kind of miss um, sitting around and shooting the shit with your friends at a job. And you're like, you're getting that mm-hmm. out, like the conversation and the like, I don't know, what are you up to? And you're listening, hearing new things and whatever. And that podcasting now kind of um, like, uh, is part of that. Like, if you're like, well, I don't, I don't, um, I want to listen to these other two guys talk <laughs> because these are the kind of conversations <laughs> that would have happened. Like, I, I like these people. I like this person. I like their interview style. And this is like that one guy that used to come into my work and just talk shit for 20 minutes. And like, he always had funny stories and he was always like, had a thing. And it, it like kind of satiates that. I agree. Like when you said that, um, What's his uh, What's his name from Future Music? When he gave his oh, Jack. assessment, yeah, <laughs> Jack, yeah. When he gave his assessment of that podcasts were for were for 
older people who don't have friends anymore that want to listen to two friends talk. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was the best assessment ever. I'm like, yeah, no, sometimes I'll listen to podcasts that I don't even really love. But if I know that the people are going to just talk for an hour and I just need like talking in my head to like, I don't want to listen to music. I'm just like, I just need people talking yeah. so I can actually focus on this other thing. Um, well, well, I think good. it's hard too. I think, you know, especially, especially through the pandemic, you know, I think we've all kind of like worked, gotten more comfortable with working from home and, and even just our daily life going about, you know, like you don't have to go to 10 different stores to get different things, you know, you just got to yeah. order it all online. It all gets delivered. So all those, those little, those little micro transactions and interactions you have with people, good, bad, or indifferent, you know, I think have gotten zapped or, or at least choked back in some sort of way. You know, just the random, the random people you hear talking to the different conversations you'd get to waiting at a bus stop or waiting for, you know, in line for something. The amount of yeah. line waiting I do on a daily basis has been almost obliterated. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Or even uh, just going, yeah. going to places. Um, I, th- I think so much stuff now is um, there's so much information that there's a lot less guesswork of like, I'm going to go to this store and see if they have this thing. Now you can like go online and like, does I need a soccer ball? Do they have any soccer balls at big five? <laughs> oh, they do. Okay. Hold me a soccer ball. I'm just going to come in and grab it. You know, it's like there's yeah. less, there's less of kind of just going out and exploring and finding things, I think in general. And then also a lot, a lot of people aren't, um, comfortable outside anymore so even if you try to have those conversations people are like i don't who's this creepy guy talking to me well Why are you asking me so many questions yeah, just take your coffee yeah you know? yeah exactly right yeah you don't really the, yeah you don't want to come off like a creep trying to have a conversation with a stranger <laughs> you know yeah. but i think that's also i remember my mom or you know or like our parents generation it was just they'd strike up whole conversations with people in line at the grocery store or just people walking oh, down the yeah. aisle like can you believe this look at this and they start yeah. talking about something for 20 minutes and you as a kid are just dying either in the cart or behind their leg like mom stop <laughs> stop yeah. talking to these strangers it's the most embarrassing yeah. thing i've ever experienced in my life yeah, who was who was that? Huh, no idea. Yeah. I don't know. Well, don't that know. actually, no, just a I mean, that like <laughs> that brings up the even what you and Conan were talking about with with um, how you would be at a show and people would start talking to you and you'd get into a big conversation and then Shannon would go, "Oh, who was that?" And like, yeah, no idea, <laughs> because they know you from <laughs> they know you from from music, you know, and and even Conan saying like having podcast fans of the podcast show up at the shows and then him trying to figure out like okay wait who is okay is this someone that i've met before or oh no they've just listened to my podcast for five years so they are talking to me like they know me oh i am so guilty of that i mean i listen to people on podcasts or just know people from entertainment world and la being la you know it's not unusual to run into people or see people and i have to really check myself like this person has does not know what this face, what my face looks like. And so coming up to them, the other thing is this enthusiastic stranger, probably one of many that day, like, Hey, you, all right, my best friend, how you doing? Wow. I can't wait to talk to you about that thing. And I was like, my, my face is not a familiar face to them. So you have to approach with that kind of caution of like, like I was saying earlier, you know, I really, celebrities are like those rare exotic fish. You really don't want to tap the glass. I think as, <laughs> yeah. as people, as non-celebrities, you really, you know, it's important that we handle our celebrities with uh with as fragile starfish that they are if you if yeah. you tap the glass too much you will spook them and they will they will shatter and run away celebrity exotic fish yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly yeah yeah nine oh, times hey, out of the, the ten you know the oh, celebrity great. fish will they will curl up in a ball and and roll away if you <laughs> if you speak too loudly in front of them yeah they do not want you to go up and tell them Again. stories about and then themselves. they're like oh i should have I should have just ordered should have it on home. Amazon. Should have gone to Amazon. Why come out again? Why, yeah, why did, why did I leave the house? <laughs> oh, the one thing oh, I was going to say, though, the, 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 I, I recently was doing some remodeling work or doing some, some work, you know, here at the house in the last couple of years. And I wanted to call Lowe's and be like, hey, do you have this one particular thing? Because it says on the website they have it, but that doesn't mean anything. You know, I think yeah. these large, big box <clears throat> um, uh, home improvement places – 
you never know. You can't really, you know, unless you have it delivered and that takes a week. And usually these yeah. projects are, it's the fifth time you have to go back that same day because you forgot the thing and you don't know if they're going to have it in the right size. You got to return the one the wrong size you got or just keep it. So I remember calling and, and I was on hold for maybe like, you know, two minutes just listening to the music thing and someone answers and they transfer to someone else and transfer to someone else. And then finally, like someone just answers, like, it just, just sounds like the most stoned, you know, kid in the world. Just like, what? Like, well, yeah, I'm looking for whatever this very specific gauge wire for, you know, something, you know, very hyper specific. And he's just like, uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm like, well, it Probably. says you have like two in stock. Can you just check to see if they're on the floor? Like, right <laughs> okay and then and then i'm just on hold for another five minutes and i'm just like i'm yeah. driving in i'm just i'm just gonna I'm just, this is yeah. pointless for me to call Much quicker so, yeah i well, it's love fun to have to go in and just actually poke around oh yeah i love the good have no idea what i'm gonna do and i'm like you know what i'm gonna go to home depot today i'm sure i need something and just walk down yeah. all the aisles and you go <laughs> oh clamps I forgot I needed a clamp. I need a clamp and two bungee cords. And I was here for an hour and a half. And now uh, I kind of like satiated all of later. those needs. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. A, a hummingbird like, feeder, some, uh, <laughs> some, some, some tape. I need some yeah. tape. I need some, some screws. I don't need the screws. Well, you got to have to get the washers with the screws. Yeah. And uh, Oh, look at this yeah. deal on stepladders. I probably need a yeah. stepladder. New gloves. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that glove you have is always new gloves. It's not quite fitting right. Yeah, nothing better than a yeah twelve dollar pair of new new gloves to do whatever you're doing. Grip gloves. Yes, exactly. I've become a big glove fan. I was from years of touring. I realized like the only time I hurt my hands really was loading and unloading gear. You're like walking through a door carrying a cabinet and just banging a knuckle right on a doorway as you go yeah. through. And then it's the kind of thing like what, you know, a cut or a big bruise on a knuckle, like does not heal. Cause you're always moving it and then bang it in two more, two or three more times. Yeah. So I've, I've in the last, in the last, you know, five years, I've just like, Oh, I'm just going to get home Depot gloves. I'm just going to have my loading gloves in and out. And it definitely, I've, I would have made fun of myself as a younger man <laughs> who was invincible and made of nothing but scabs and bruises. I yeah. didn't care. But the, with the, with age and everything else, it's like no, I want to. I, I I don't want to live in the van for for the next three weeks with a with a you know <laughs> with this un, unhealing cut on my knuckles. Yeah. You know, and try to play yeah. a show every night. As I just yeah. The singer drinks tea and the guitar player wears gloves <laughs> when loading. Yeah. Well, I That's wanted it. to. There was there was one other thing that that um. I got me. It got me thinking when you guys were we're talking at that, uh, a conversation I had with our daughter, Lila, who is now 14. Mm -hmm. And I was trying to explain to her that being a nerd was actually a, f a, a, f a negative term when we were younger and it didn't become, I don't know. I was trying to think of when it became a thing where like, good-looking people started saying like, oh my God, I was such a nerd when I was growing up. And there was a definite shift of when that happened. And I feel like, I don't know why it got brought up. I put it down in my notes for this one. I feel like maybe he said something about being nerdy or maybe science. I don't know. I don't know what he was talking about, but I just had this conversation the other day and I was, I, I wanted to ask you when you thought that that switched, when it became like kind of cool to be like, oh my God, oh, I was so nerdy when I was a kid. There's a definite, like you would have never said that when we were kids. It'd be like, oh, no, no, no. Right. Being a nerd was like legitimate Dungeons and Dragons and like, you know, New Balance shoes. And, you know, there was just a whole look and it was like the really smart kids, but they were actually also very into like these things that were nerdy or whatever back then. Yeah. I think I think it I think the 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 glorification of nerd culture I think came from two directions and just just off the cuff just my first thought of yeah. this is that I think when you have like you know a Bill Gates and Steve Jobs becoming you know the richest men in the in the in the globe of the world you yeah. know and and they they 
they you know come from a nerd computer science engineering background but they're also now like hold that place in the lifestyles of the rich and famous or whatever you know now yeah that that morphs and evolves into you know your your you know elon musk and, and jeff bezos types but but it started you know but so i'd say like end of the 90s beginning of the 2000s you know in this kind of like windows 95 sort of big blow up and and you start taking these kinds of people seriously as as cultural influence or people of of means and power within a f- culture mm-hmm. and um so I think that's one side of it from the kind of top down. And then I think there's the bottom up as well of like indie rock, you know, or this kind of like college rock, you know, thing or whatever, alternative rock, emo thing that happened. I think there was a nerdification of that thing, you know, sort of like Weezer, but right. more endemic or authentic version of that, you know, of people really being into that kind of stuff the math rock sort of thing and um, thrift store clothes and that sort of stuff. So I think, I think coming from both sides, like, Oh, you can, you can be, you can look nerdy on the cheap from thrift stores, ill-fitting clothes and then comfortable, uh, comfortable sneakers. And then, and then top down, you could, you know, it's something to aspire to. And then, and then I think, you know, it was codified into stuff with like, you know, nerdists, podcasting, you know, that nerdist sort of world of like, whatever that was, you know, 15 years ago. Yeah. But it's yeah, yeah. No, I think the nerd, the nerd sort of thing, you know, became a trend, and it's like, who <laughs> yeah, knows? And then it's, it, it's good to know it's still a thing. But I don't know. Yeah, I think it's well, cool. and then it just became like a whole different word in the in the English language. Like it, it, it went from totally. being like kind of a negative way to make fun of someone or something to this like, no, I'm just. It just means that I'm really into something now. And I want to know if those like the real people who are still like real nerds by the beginning definition of if they have like a secret definition for themselves of like, oh, yeah, no, they're nerds. But we're now and it's just it's not uh, (laughs) it's not out there. It's secret. It's like, no, 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 no. We're going to keep this secret. They they steal everything from us. (laughs) Well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think like, that's I think that's an interesting sort of question too. You know, just what what does what does alternative culture look like when that sort of stuff has all been sort of commodified? Is there is that even a viable term? Is there an alternative yeah. to anything, or no? Is it all just? I think we're all just hyper niched out and in our individual little pods and our little hyper niche communities. You know, just talking to our own internal friends, and I think that's even changed the whole idea of what a celebrity is. You know, what I mean, I think obviously we you know we keep we ring the bell of like just you know being dads but this feel you know like the like youtube celebrities like seeing yeah. you know my kids are stoked on mr beast or something like that and i'm just like mm-hmm. hey, i don't know i don't know what that yeah. is yeah you it's got like me. These... you stopped me you turned me <laughs> i've turned the corner and uh being out of it i don't know i used to be with i used to be with it then they changed what it was and now yeah. i'm old and in the way <laughs> Wait, that's not it anymore? What's it? Yeah. Wait, you can't even what define what it is? It just it just like exists. Exactly. And it'll happen to you. It'll be it'll happen to the kids pretty soon. So there's gonna yeah. be you know, they're gonna be twenty five years old and now Mr. Beast will be irrelevant and it'll be some other thing and you're like, Yep. Yeah. Cause it because it happened to us. We used to be, you know, with the things that our older brothers and sisters or parents were into, like, yeah, I don't know. No one knows what that is. Well, and I definitely remember thinking before the internet, like, well, we've we've done it all. <laughs> the human race has done it all. I can't <laughs> That's see. That's it. Wrap it up. Televi- we made we made television, and obviously, you know, our parents were not smart enough to see television was coming. You know, it was like they thought radio <laughs> was great, and then television came, and of course, television. That's the end all. What could ever be bad? Like, what could ever happen? that would be greater than television and now it's the internet <laughs> and now it's like what could ever happen and like but then it's kind of scary like oh jesus what what is going to happen after the internet the internet kind of thinks like or uh, seems like it's the end all be all at this point yeah well i think that's what everybody's trying to figure out with the ai and streaming rights and everything else and all these um you know, the writers and actors strike. I think that's what they're trying to figure out. Like, Oh wait, what's, what's next here? How does this all, how does it all happen? Um, everything. Yeah. Well, I think for, but uh, yeah, but then also will be reviewed by computers. Yeah. And and watched by other computers. (laughs) (laughs) It will have nothing to do with us. 
Well, <laughs> and I, th- I entertainment made for computers by computers. Yes, humans are obsolete. And I, th- and I do think that it will be um, that it will bring. I mean, I guess it makes sense that everything is becoming so niche. Because then it will be all those little niche things like, yeah, the computers. I mean, I'd imagine that most of those, like the Marvel movie, like those big movies are pretty much written by committee at this point anyway. Like there's there's the like, like okay, it. by the time you hit page five, there has to be this many fight scenes. And I'm sure that there's all of that stuff. So it's like, what's the difference of a computer writing that and then a human going in and like punching up little jokes or whatever. But then it always seems like like when or when music gets that way or something where it gets so so um kind of controlled and perfect that everybody goes i don't want perfect anymore and then someone <laughs> fills that need of like this is anti ai music this is anti computer movie this this movie has no plot <laughs> this movie is shot upside down well, you know whatever and then people go this is the new thing or you get like the Lars von Triers and you get the Harmony Corinne's and you get those kind of things that like sneak up or Larry Clark or whatever and you like sneak up out of nowhere and then everyone goes I didn't see that coming and then that just blossoms a whole new whole new thing yeah, but I just wonder that if can, can you just turn the quirk uh, control setting up a little bit on your AI? Like, oh, we're gonna need to quirkify this a little bit more. We're gonna need the, <laughs> we're gonna need the the non sequitur quotient uh, much higher in our third quarter, um, you know, chaos chaos sphere yeah. section of this film. I think that that'd be the beautiful thing if you could write some kind of AI algorithm of just of just surrealism nonsense, you know. And just, I yeah. feel like, I feel like a computer would do that just as easily as it would, you know, you can make art films, you know, generated by AI. That's what it always feels like whenever people read stuff or writings or, you know, it just feels like some kind, some type of like beat poetry, like, you know, out on, on, it's skewed, you know, in kind of nonsensical language. Yeah. You know, like if you just it's do like that you- for film. And you just watch the most like anachronistic sort of collection of <laughs> images put together, and like that was kind of b- brilliant. That was kind of great. Yeah, like it was like if you gave a, a toddler an adult brain, and then asked them to like tell you a story for a little bit. They knew everything, but they still had the toddler mm-hmm. like, well, this doesn't make Syntax sense. But I guess I'm just logic. gonna say this out of my face. <laughs> Is this is, these words are just going to come out? They don't make any sense to me, but I, I feel like this is what you're asking for. I feel like that's what a lot of the AI stuff is. I don't know. I think it's yeah. I think it's super weird and uh, interesting. I mean, the other thing, like uh, my buddy Curtis, he was he was talking about uh, some book to his friend, and his fr- and his friend was trying to explain it, and he's like, "Hold on," and he just told Chat GPT, who was like give me a two page synopsis of such and such book. And he just sent it. He's like, this is what it's about. And Curtis was like, yeah, that's what it was about. Exactly. That was like a perfect synopsis for that book. So we don't need like synopsis book reviews from a point of view anymore. You know, like you basically have uh, the, the, um, what were those things that you would get when you didn't want to read the book? And you'd get the cliff notes. Oh yeah, the, the cliff notes. Yep. Oh yeah. Yeah. No. You'd get the perfect cliff all that notes stuff. Version. That's the that's the easy stuff. No, I think that that yeah. I'm still like fixated on the idea of the the toddler like narrated you know a, a outline or something. I just feel like there would be some kind of maybe there's though maybe there's like some type of future entertainment where it just makes you feel like you have some type of um, brain condition. You know, the audience is like, you know, put in some capacity, like, could we, what, what type of art can be made to simulate the different uh, versions of, of brain aphasias or, or some type of, you know, well, I, I just logical, keep thinking that logical breakdowns in your, in your own in audience experience oh, yeah. in film and art and everything. Well, like, you know, the thing like, this is what, like the simulation, like kind of looks like this, a magic eye poster, like this is what it would be experienced. If you're experiencing, uh, you know, a cardiac event, this is what it would look like. You know, like, oh, okay. <laughs> I feel like, yeah, we've created this perfect, it's a new genre of film that makes you, it makes yeah. you feel like you're dying, yeah. but in a good way, in a good way. I've, 
Yeah, I could say I'd subscribe to that YouTube channel. Yeah. That'd be kind of fun to fall asleep to every night. Like, okay, <laughs> I get it. You know, I think bypass bypass any way to bypass the conscious brain in art or entertainment and just go straight to some type of subconscious sort of awareness, which I feel it's almost like a David Lynchian sort of like uh, meditative, you know, motivator. Something to just get just bypass your consciousness as quickly as possible and get into something else that just like is beyond reason or logic. Yeah, it's just art for art's sake. I feel like those like Miyazaki films, some of the Studio Ghibli films I've seen were like that, where I'm just like, I have, I understand nothing. This is so foreign to me, and not just because it's from a different country. I think it's from a, it's a point of view of which I'm just have no context for within that world of animation. Well, I mean, I feel like that about David Lynch stuff. I love David Lynch, but then yeah. I, it gets every once in a while you get gets to the like the absurdity parts. I go. It just I'm just sitting there going, okay, do I just sit and try to enjoy this, or am I trying to figure this out, or is there a point to this, or maybe there is, maybe there's something later, or maybe he just was like, turn the camera to the left, and that was it. He just had a thought because <laughs> <laughs> he that, that was right. it. And I, but I do think that's a good point you bring up because I do think that even like a Lynch film, if someone made an AI. David Lynch film, it would probably look pretty similar to a David Lynch film, <laughs> to a regular. Like he's probably the closest that I would yeah. be able to think of, like of someone who's been doing AI films just but out of his own brain for the last thirty years. Right. Yeah. 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 Or who's what's, like who's the guy the, the but with the big hat the the um, the absurdist uh, movie maker. Super graphic. Jodorowsky? Yes, Jodorowsky. I tried to watch yeah, Holy a couple Jodorowsky films, and I'm like, I got about three minutes in. Like, I don't know. I don't. I didn't need to see someone like <laughs> yeah. pulling things out of their body and crawling across the floor. I got it. I got it. the first three minutes. I'm in. I got it. I'm, I'm there with you. But I feel like those yeah. films are probably well, the- closest to what an AI would create if you were like, make a really crazy art film that had these characters and. And then the AI would go like, well, if you want me to use the human mind and the internet as my inputs, here you go. <laughs> and you'd be pretty close. Yeah. I've, I feel like so far, yeah, the AI experience that I've had would, would be something closer to that. Like the, the best case, best use case for some, some positive thing would be, you know, to just push the limits of abstraction with, yeah. you know, with this type of art. Cause the other side of it too, is I, I, I have no research in this, but it also it, it just feels like it's just pulling from other people's stuff. It's like kind of just cribbing like the all the visual stuff I've seen. You know, of like the AI like created the, the AI created this image. I'm like, eh, it just kind of looks like somebody else's thing with somebody's yeah. face slapped on it. Like it just looks well, like somebody now, like it's a real painting that you just like turned twenty degrees and you know did a bad morph job on someone's face in Photoshop. Like that doesn't really feel like new art. All this stuff <laughs> just feels like rehashed, warmed over dog shit. Other well, <laughs> well, and now, but it, now it has a look like you can, it took like a couple months, which is crazy that it only took a couple <laughs> months, but that it took a couple months, at least, I mean, maybe there's a ton of AI stuff out there that we don't even know is AI stuff and we're being completely hoodwinked, but, yeah, but a lot of the stuff that people put up of like when they're prompting the, what's the mid journey or whatever, and they're, they're doing their prompts it still has this kind of over commercially slick, perfect lighting kind of cartoony, but not cartoony look to it. That is Mm -hmm. now like when you see it, it was super interesting for like a couple months. And now when you see it, like, Oh, you're good at, that's a funny prompt. It's kind of now it's like, what can be uh, the prompt is actually what people are, reacting that's the to art it's like i saw that um yeah. jay i don't i follow him jason 71 i feel like he was a friend of aaron espinoza's maybe when you guys were oh, doing okay it. yeah anyway oh, he, yeah, does a, yeah, maybe, he yeah. does a bunch of um uh graphic and ai uh stuff and and um he posted something about it was like if the gilligan and the skipper were army buddies 
from World War II, and they were, you know, it's like this thing, and I was like, that's a really funny prompt. It made like a really funny kind of surreal image, but it didn't, the image didn't really matter. It was like the prompt was funny. So I feel like that the prompting is where, and that's the human part. Right, it's like, and that's right. The yeah, AI that's what, part, yeah. the AI, AI part builds this prompt, but it's, it's the human part that be like, oh my god, that's amazing. Or even those, those ones where it's super trippy and you're like going through a cave and all these images are coming at you that people were doing for a while. It was like the thing that made that interesting is like, oh my god, you you did it all out of um, eyeballs and dragons dragon mouths or something you know and (laughs) but that's what made it kind of interesting like everything that was morphing together so i i do feel like until the ai starts growing which i'm i wonder if there there will be ais that will start like pushing them pushing like well i keep getting used more if i do crazier stuff so i'm gonna start doing crazier stuff because i'm getting used more or something like that that's what will be when we yeah. start seeing these films and everyone's like, oh, who did that? And, and everyone goes, wait, no. Who started that website? It just no appeared. one knows? Wait, that <laughs> it, they learned how to buy their own website? <laughs> they learned how to take over a server and create their own websites and they made up a bunch of fake take people who started a, them? Oh, this is, this is where it Take over good. a movie studio and just start yeah, releasing right? things <laughs> into theaters. Like, like, no, yeah. Nobody knows it's, who's running Sony now? Sony's yeah, just being run by a, by a server? Somewhere that's weird. Off- they changed the name to Borner Weathers. Borner Ruthers? Yeah. Huh. Okay. <laughs> Borner Ruthers Studios. Yeah. Well, weird. I Sounds guess someone good. made that decision. Just, here's my $10 a month. Sounds great. Sign me up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. um, oh, my God. Oh, the, well, that's this thing, too, about the, you know, that idea of the art that, you know, as, as humans, we keep coming back to the thing that reflects our own humanity back at us is it really is that that narcissism you know or that but in a classical like art sense and that you know that we want to see ourselves reflected back i mean that you know the, the greatest you know the greatest thing you can do is show somebody themselves you know and i think the way that happens is through showing your own humanity and and, and inherently you know if it's honest and it's and it's accurate or true and with that, with as little artifice as possible, there is a gem of of spark of humanity, of internal sort of longing and beauty and pathos, that ultimately is the thing that is satisfying and ultimately like attractive and what people want to what that's what people want to have put put to them in their in their art or entertainment or anything. There is something you know. This, there's a spectacle of it all, but you want to understand the motivation or be able to walk through the character as a proxy for yourself. Have some identifying, yeah. you know, to save the cat. Something early in the story, in the screenplay, something where we go, oh, well, this guy's a good guy. I like this, okay, I would do the same thing there. Therefore, now we've made some kind of bond, and and it's I'm constantly questioning what would I do in this situation. You know, what, you, no matter how how much information you have, you can still relate to what's going on in screen as if it was happening to you yourself and you're, yeah. and you're being taken through this adventure and by proxy so that you can experience, you can almost, you uh, exercise your own demons, whether, or, you know, you get scared, you do the thing you go, wow. Okay. And then you can safely turn it off and return back to your, to your mundane life. You want some, but you have to have that connection, right? So the, the mirroring of humanity back to you. And I think that's the, that's the tricky part in anything that's, you know, 100% AI generated. But like you say, AI as a tool in which the humanity is, you know, what look what I'm going to do with this. I'm going to make my robot do backflips. And you go, yeah. ooh, okay, that's interesting. I like the guy. The guy who thought it'd be cool to do the backflips. I like that guy. The thing yeah. doing the thing, I get, we get. And I feel like that's already what shit is, I feel like, with the CGI. Like, you just see the biggest right. explosions and you see whole planets being collided and there's dinosaurs and an alien and a thing and a thing. And you're like... It's all being. It's all ones and zeros. There's something yeah. even if if it was a sock puppet with some with some chocolate syrup on it or something. You know, you just go, well, that looks real. But even that, <laughs> at this point, you know, what I mean, everything's captured digitally, and so there's. I think there's something you know beyond photography with this thing. You know, what I mean, when it's like as close as you can get it, you're still the read of it is always like, okay, all right, well, it's got to say something. It's not going to do it by itself well and like you said that that stuff is all prompted too it's like when you're a 
animator like that, you're working with these with these uh, programs that already have like, what does a bubble look like? Okay, I'm going to take a bubble, what a bubble looks like, and I'm going to change it a little bit, and I'm going to put the light here and make it this color, blah, blah. But it's not like each of those people is creating their own bubble that it's not already in the system, you know, or video games or whatever. It's right. like you're taking trees, you're taking all these things that are already kind of built out by this system. And that's why all those movies kind of look the same. <laughs> like the explosions the look same, the same yeah. and the coloring looks the same and because it's already built into the system and they're already they're, you're not you're not reinventing the wheel every single time you're starting over which i think that's probably where the ai stuff will get boring in a lot of places because people will go yeah i yeah looks like the other guy's stuff except for it's funnier yeah. or it's you know that 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 um like we've seen that before and then yeah and and we're also only talking about art and media and entertainment which completely changes and like morphs probably where the real problem is is governments <laughs> rules <laughs> laws those kind of things <laughs> yeah I'm sure it just keeps getting weirder and weirder but i yeah. mean that's the you but even the idea of the idea of recycling stuff i think you know like let's you know, like going down a rabbit hole, like Star Wars, like a lot of the faces in the cantina were like masks that were made for something else. And like, you could trace like, oh, the, all these, you know, the, the the costumes in one movie could be used for another movie, but there's still something physical about it that just right. kind of almost makes it more fun that way or the backgrounds or the sets. We had the one set up, so we did this one and that one. You know, I think there's always those types of like, uh, in theory, I don't mind it, but I guess when it's just coming from um, a palette of, uh, of of predetermined pre-designed shapes and sizes we're also already in such a um you know regurgitated sort of entertainment cycle as it is oh, just yeah. getting the the 19th version of the thing and you're like didn't i just see this movie like didn't i this is the same i just that was the oh no that was one before this one has a slightly different name this is when the, the one yeah. at the end where the big uh, pillar of light shoots out of the thing to like get the aliens down that's this one i mean this has already been you know done ad nauseum for the last you know 20 years but i don't know be well, I, anyway code neutron that was a well, cool episode but i was gonna i was gonna bring it back for one second <laughs> yeah. because yeah. because yeah. i think okay. that that yeah, yeah. is uh interesting to to then talk about something like Conan neutron or no age or like you guys had your your groups of people in different places and you're like listen we don't need the whole we don't need the whole shebang we don't need the the tens of thousands of people we just need as long as we have this amount of people in this place and we can go from place a to place b and do the whole thing we can exist as our own entity that doesn't have to kind of try to conform into something else that we don't want to do and that that is we find these other people, we find these little niche, niche, um, towns. And I remember, um, that, uh, hearing stories about the Melvin or Melvins early or like 20 years ago, or pro they probably still do it. Who knows? They changed things up so much, but that, um, like that buzz was like, I want to go to only towns we've never been to, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> I want to go to only yeah. towns that are smaller than, 20,000 people let's see what happens you know and they would go to all these places and then find out like oh my god there's enough kids even that listen to us here that will come and see us play like oh, we're gonna open up let's go to even smaller towns you know it's like those kind of those kind of things of like finding those creative ways to find your audience now that the 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 um musicians and artists have more control over how, you know, you have to do more work, but you also have more control over getting in touch with people, staying in touch, finding ways to find your fans and whatever that these smaller niche, um, projects can like go for years and years and years on that, uh, based on that, which I thought was very cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the, you know, definitely that's the, been the great leveler of, you know, of just, the flattened media landscape like you know you just put it on youtube see what happens you could get a million 
things you could get none or just put stuff up but you know you yeah. just put stuff on spotify on, on Bandcamp. so the distribution model is open and that's a global audience that potentially could reach you know there's not to say you know the algorithm of, of who sees what on through social media you know and those different types of things but you know there's still there's still gatekeeping on all levels of that sort of thing For sure on the cultural side of it but it's but in theory you know you, anybody could put something up like you know like my son has a youtube channel up and he gets you know you just put it up there i don't know it's like can we check how many how many views has it gotten and like it's yeah. still on that seven views like okay <laughs> we'll see i think all of the all of the family has seen it you know yeah. all over the world but it lives up there you know yeah. you never know what's going to happen oh, I, so funny, yeah man. i know we just i just was talking to a friend over the weekend and she said uh she was towing a car behind her rv they were camping i asked how the summer was and then at some point she realized she was one of the wheels had stopped rotating on the car they were towing and so she's just dragging it like one of the four wheels is just being dragged and she showed me a picture of it and it's just the rotor down to the rotor like it's like rubbed in half it was oh just you know it was just half a rotor like the whole wheel had oh exploded and she'd been driving for miles with it and i asked her I was like well is it online already like somebody is, have you been has someone, anyone sent you a video of that because somebody must have taken a video of you and this giant <laughs> motorhome towing a honda fit so with those sparks and flames just shooting out the back of it <laughs> like, like, they've already made happen? hundreds and of dollars like, off it. Yeah, has this not made the rounds of like that's you were probably viral somewhere of this person? Yeah. Like, who, where's the footage of it? Like, if you couldn't see it, you know, in her rearview mirror, she, you know, she had no view of the of the wheel. She could see the car was still there, but she said it sounded funny. The sound was kind of weird. It'll turn up but on some amazing. list of about... viral Instagrams like ten years from now. <laughs> Right, yeah. Like, oh, yeah, that was that thing. Yeah, you just never know. Whatever happens in your life, whatever dumb thing you do, uh, could have a life of its own somewhere down the line. It's crazy, man. The future. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, well, thank you, everybody, for tuning in and for yeah, uh, uh, catching up with us. I should, uh, you know, I was thinking is I should start a, um, I should start an email. And we could give out email if people wanted to write in and send questions. Oh, yeah. We just start we a Gmail. What, what would the... Hyphenate half time at Gmail is that is that available? How do you... I mean, if it's not available, okay. well, uh, that would be <laughs> that would be crazy. <laughs> I wonder, can I? Oh wait, okay. Add Gmail to. Oh, I don't even know how to do this. Okay, I'm gonna figure it out. Okay, we'll, we'll figure it out for next time. And we'll give you. We'll guys... put it in the. We'll put uh, it in the description. There it is. Awesome. All right, man. Thanks. Talk to you next thanks, week. Thanks, Randy. Or in two weeks. See you. Yes. Bye. Two weeks. Also, I want to thank our podcast partner and swell dudes over at Ruinous Media. You can subscribe to Hyphenate and other music podcasts over at ruinousmedia.com slash hyphenate.